I'm Lauren. Hello, I'm Sarah. And welcome Hello a todos. In our episode today, we're going to sit down with Lena Mueller, a Wake Forest University undergraduate student and Sardas current student, uh, who has two American parents but grew up primarily in Guatemala. Now, at 20 years old, Lena studies in the U.S. and speaks Spanish and English with what appears to an outsider to be equal confidence and fluency. Thanks so much for talking to us, Lena. It's so great to meet you after having your brother, Ryan, in class a few years ago. Um, so just to kind of get to know you a little bit, bit more, we're going to start with some simple questions that we ask almost everybody we talk to. Um, can you tell us where are you from and what's your native language or what are the languages that you speak and how and when you learn them? Yeah, so I um, was born and raised in Guatemala. Um, I would say just from being little and but even though my parents both spoke English to me um we still had people coming in and out of the house so Spanish was always kind of there um and then I actually in preschool moved to Boston in Massachusetts for a year and a half um because of my mom had cancer which is good now so uh that kind of was a break from it and I think it was when I was about five to seven so I actually ended up forgetting Spanish completely oh. um, which is funny but just being that young I learned it again in like a week it just kind of like came back once I was exposed to it again and then I moved back to Boston in fifth grade for six months and from there, it was, I think I was old enough to still remember it, but it wasn't practiced to the same extent. And now I fully speak it to friends. I'd say the majority of them, I speak Spanish too. And other than that, I still talk to my parents in English, but I have two brothers and it kind of depends what we're talking about, if we're going to speak English or Spanish, but yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Sorry, so you would say that you grew up primarily in Guatemala, but then you had a few years, months here and there in the U.S. Yeah, yeah I'd say I primarily always went back like one month of the year during summer to be, I'm really close to my mom's side of the family, so we usually go visit them at like a big chunk of time at once, um, but mostly all Guatemala. Right. And what was your the community of people you were around in Guatemala? Yeah. So I um grew up in Antigua, which is like the biggest touristy town that everyone kind of goes to. And as far as my parents, they moved there 27 years ago. And they were like, they said that at the time, they were almost the only like expats there. It wasn't really big. People just like travel through it all the time. Now, as I grew up, I feel like people go there for a year at a time or something just to learn Spanish. So I feel like that's where every tourist goes. So growing up, I think my high school had like 30 something countries represented. So you kind of get all over the place, people just coming for a short amount of time um, with different backgrounds and everything. But yeah, you still get a good amount of Guatemalans, but it is mainly like people from all over coming in. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, what do your parents do and what was the motivation to move to Guatemala? Real estate? I thought Ryan said real estate or something. Yeah, so my um dad, well, I guess my mom was like traveling. They met in college. Um, They both went to school in Maine, but my dad was deciding to go back to grad school or what he wanted to do. He was like 25-ish. And um, he had a cousin who was dating a Guatemalan and he was just like not really sure what to do. And his cousin was like, oh, like, just check this out. Like, it's a cool place to visit. And so he went with like his cousin and loved it. And so he ended up um, starting like a business with them. It was a furniture business to start and he just like was like kind of why not do like a big life change just for something new and now they've been there for so long and it's become like real estate and he's still with them I've um my it's my dad and then his two cousins and then so I've had my cousins there they're like my second cousins but yeah and your parents spoke Spanish before moving down there or not so my parents did high school Spanish and I think a line they always use is like they learned more in a month of living there than they ever would after so many years and I think now my cousins are like the other cousins all just come visit us and they say the same thing just like actually having to apply it they learned a lot more and for my parents Spanish I'd say my dad, since he like works in construction and all that, like his vocab is insane. He like knows all the like little names that no one would ever know. Um, and then my mom, I guess they both like are good, but you can tell the accent there. Like they get made fun of a lot, but just like <laughs> I think they all understand it perfectly and everything. But you can like really tell. My mom always invents her own words. I think she just like she doesn't care enough to like get made fun of but she always has her own sort of things she says. So when someone asks you that question where are you from do you say Guatemala or how do you feel about that question? I think it's funny because my mom always goes back like we're talking about this yesterday how she always like wishes that we were to say like oh we're from Boston or we're whatever and I think for her she like says that it's sometimes like too much to explain for Mm -hmm. her to be like oh so she'll just go like depends who she's talking to but mostly she's like yeah I'm from Boston and so I think she kind of expected us to answer like that um but I think for us, it's just like easier to say, oh, we're from Guatemala, but our parents are American. And then like if someone asks, I can be like, oh, they've been there for a while. But like I always grew up going to the States and everyone's like, oh, you don't sound Guatemalan or whatever, because I obviously have their accent to everything. So I'd say I always primarily say I'm from Guatemala, but then give like more of a background as to like why I sound American and stuff like that if people like seem confused and if people ask you what your native language is or what your first language is how do you answer I always say I learn them both at the same time just because I feel like we always had like 
parents visiting or neighbors and all that, and they all spoke Spanish. So I say at the same time, and then again, if I go into more detail, it's like, oh, I moved to the States when I was really little for a bit and I lost it, but you get it back super fast when you're yeah. that young. The story you just gave us. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your uh, language practices like with your family members and how do you feel about code switching or what you might call Spanglish? Do you guys mix languages at all when you're with each other? How do you decide which language to speak to each other? Yeah, so I'd say with my parents, it's always been English. I think it's just like they've tried to like say Spanish stuff and we're all like what are you trying to do right now I think with them but it also like really depends on the context as to where we are like we have um gardeners or whatever come over and they're like inside the house like you just speak Spanish around them like we always had nannies growing up that like it was always just mainly Spanish and if they're around it'll be like that just to not make them feel like we're talking about them or whatever so it kind of just depends on like who's inside the house but definitely parents um English and then if they're other people Spanish and then as far as my brothers we always I think it depends on like the topics we're talking about like first if we want like our parents to not really understand as easily it'll be Spanish I feel like we went through like phases if we were fighting it was in Spanish for some reason if it was like talking about soccer Spanish but also depends on the brother I have one Ryan who you had as a student he's very like Americanized in a way like he does it doesn't bother him to be like oh yeah like he now has lived in North Carolina so he kind of says he's from there mm-hmm. and the other brother it's like he loves being from Guatemala like that's his personality like pride to like bring up like (laughs) he'll hang the Guatemalan flag wherever like if you try to tell him that he's from anywhere else he like gets angry about it so I feel like with him he embraces the Spanish and everything like that so it's interesting to see how they both adapt and then I'm somewhere in between of that like I like saying that to have like a unique story, but not gonna do it to his extent. Yeah, well, we've talked about this in class, right? The whole bilingualism and how it is complicated to navigate sometimes the two identities and that you're never two monolinguals in one. It's more complex than that. So we wanted to ask you, how would you describe your linguistic dominance? Because you've mostly been in Guatemala and you you went back to the U.S. every summer and you've had periods of times where you've been in the U.S., but shorter periods of time. So now that you're in the U.S. more permanently, how would you say your Spanish or English is right now? How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I would say people always ask me, like, do you dream in English or Spanish? Do you think in English or Spanish? Like, whatever. And I feel like for me, it was always, like, predominantly English just because that's like what I had with my parents and it was more like outside the home is Spanish so I feel like I don't know it's always been like that and as far as what I've been more comfortable in and all that I feel like in 
the states it's easy to be like oh i'm from guatemala i speak spanish just because like the level is going to be much higher than usual but then back home i can get like i overthink my spanish a lot more just because i'm like comparing it to native speakers and i i don't i feel like i have a boyfriend i met at wake but he is from guatemala so i remember like with his parents they all like see me as like american but guatemalan and i with them would overthink my spanish a lot or get like made fun of like for specific ways i like if i overthink like how i rolled the r it'd be like extra long or something i don't know mm -hmm. and so i feel like i kind of get like in my head about it but people like still recognize i can fully understand it and everything I just like if I overthink it, it doesn't come out like naturally. And and nationality wise, will you say you're both? I know we've talked about this in class and you have both passports. Uh, did you just switch depending on the context or the situation? I feel more Guatemalan or yeah. more American. I feel like it's funny for like forms and stuff like that, like yeah. applying for jobs and stuff like that. Like it was always the balance of like, do you check off like Hispanic or whatever, because mm -hmm. you want to be like stand out, but then it's also like, oh, are they going to question like mm -hmm. if I can legally work here or something like that? So that was always like my parents were, I would always go to them. I'm like, what do I, I feel like it makes sense by the way I walk in like everything like that to check off like american or whatever mm -hmm. but you never it's kind of a weird thing of like do you take a as a benefit or is it like not going to help you in a situation mm -hmm. so i think it depends i think for applying to college i think i applied as a u.s citizen but then like made sure to have like my high school experience stand out and stuff so Right. What do you do about this, Lauren, with your kids? Because I certainly put Hispanic for my kids when they were born because yeah. of the speaking Spanish. What do you guys do? We put white Hispanic for the kids. Yeah, it's it's but, tricky. And I, I thought you brought this up because it's such a hard thing to navigate because of the labels. They're not meant for people like you. And then it's tricky because you are aware of both sides of the coin right you're just like yeah. well I don't look yeah <laughs> but I feel from Guatemala and then whether you choose one or the other can have some repercussions depending on yeah. the country you're in so it's hard no for sure and for like traveling purposes and stuff like the U.S. Mm -hmm. passport will bring you a lot further than it's only beneficial to have like a Guatemalan passport if yeah, if I'm going to like Mexico or nearby, I guess for European countries at one point, it was better to have the Guatemalan one. But at this point, it's always like U.S. for a bunch of forms and stuff. Yeah, tricky. It's so interesting what you were saying before about like overthinking your Spanish. And it never ceases to amaze me how every single bilingual person that you meet feels to some extent insecure, even if they know rationally that, you know, no one is perfect in two languages. There's no such thing as two monolinguals in one. Um, this, these like insecurities and overthinking just persist to a degree that is, that is interesting to me. 
um, because, you know, I, I heard your Spanish in Sardis. I mean, I'm, your Spanish is incredible and perfect. It's, it's shocking to me that you feel like you're overthinking it. And, you know, Ryan's as well. You, you sound completely Guatemalan to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, in my first day of classes, I was so shocked because I asked you, where are you from? And you were from Guatemala. And I'm like, now what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with this class when I have such a diverse group of students and I want to help them all? And you told me, well, I feel like I still need to come to this class because it's a speaking oh. class and there's always room for improvement. And I agree with you. I could use the Spanish speaking class. There's always, you know, something new to learn, well, especially when you're bilingual. You don't have the book up in every single context or in every single domain. But the fact that you felt so insecure shocked me because I have never heard such a balanced bilingual before in a long time. And it might be because you're a unique upbringing, but in the U.S., we tend to see more unbalanced bilinguals because of the sociopolitical context. So you stood up to me as a very balanced bilingual and someone who is very secure in their identity and things like that. So it was just still a little bit sad to me that you felt that way. Yeah. And I'm hoping next semester when you take my seminar, you you end up embracing. Yeah, I feel like I also just like value speaking Spanish in like some degree or space because as far as like how I practice Spanish day to day I'd say like I since I'm texting my parents in English talking to people in English I think being this is kind of going on a tangent but being at wake it was hard to find the whole like Latin culture that you feel at other schools I have like friends that go other places and they all like have their Latin group chats Latin like friends whatever and here that like wasn't found really. I think there's only two people on this whole campus that I like actively speak Spanish to. And then even when we're doing that, people like get mad that they're like, are you guys talking about us? Like, what are you doing? Like, whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> it was like hard to balance that. So I don't I appreciate being in like a classroom setting where you can like hear it and practice it and stuff yeah and you're not alone yeah I think it's funny because like now hearing it like it's the same thing if you like looked at me you'd be like oh they'd never speak Spanish but like even with those two people will be around like talking and then they'll turn and be like by the way that guy right there speaks like fluent Spanish so careful yeah. <laughs> with like what you say type of thing yeah so yeah, it's hard why don't you walk us through before we talk about uh way forest more what school in guatemala was like for you was it regular guatemalan school was it all in spanish did you have bilingual schooling what were the other kids like with you kind of what was that experience like yeah so i um did all of like up until third grade at this one school that was like I guess it's all private schools but doesn't feel that it's not like translated a private school there isn't like one here mm -hmm. um and so there it was Spanish was the majority of classes I'd say all the teachers were Guatemalan and as far as English goes they didn't have a strong English thing at all they actually my like mom was concerned that my English wasn't gonna like develop academically mm -hmm. so she ended up teaching me English along with another kid's 
mom. And so they would bring me outside the classroom and they would teach me English, which was like crazy. Because my mom has no like education background or anything, but she figured like up until that point, the English was like not strong at all. Like teachers misspelling basic words, like the accent wasn't there and everything. So that kind of led to if you wanted like a good balance of English and Spanish, you'd have to go to the city which was with traffic hours away and everything. And we actually had neighbors who did that and they had to wake up at 4 a.m. just to go to class. Um, So that kind of led to seeing that need in the community. So that those same neighbors, along with my mom and other parents, started an international school um, in, I think, 2011 or something. It was since third grade on. And it was a super small school. My grade was 10 kids. <laughs> and um, that kind of just recognized it is a U.S.-based curriculum, like how they're accredited and everything. So a lot of my teachers were international. Some were from Guatemala, but mostly U.S. Like all my English teachers were always from the U.S. And for class-wise, we had a mixed curriculum, I'd say. 70% English, 30% Spanish, but we had all of like English was like English history classes, anything like that. And then for Spanish classes, I had gym class, tech in Spanish class, and kind of more elective courses in Spanish. And then we also had, I guess, depending in Guatemala, since there's so many Mayan languages that are going extinct, they have a law that depending on the region you're from you have to learn a different um, Mayan language so for our region it was Cachiquel so that was like one class a week or two classes a week and it was a joke like I can probably only name like five or six words that Mm -hmm. I remember from like three years of doing that Mm -hmm. so that was just like interesting I think more from that you learn more about the like indigenous culture because the teacher whatever was like like indigenous background and everything so I think that aspect was interesting but it was a mixed bag and it kind of I feel like that it did feel like an Americanized school but Mm -hmm. then all the teachers we had other classes that were in Spanish too and your classmates you're saying were other immigrants or were mostly Guatemalan yeah so a bunch of kids assumed that our family was there like on a mission trip (laughs) because that's like I guess what some kids do so I have like one friend that had that situation and was from the states other than that my like closest friend was from the states because her mom is american dad's peruvian but she grew up in the states so she was there um then there's a lot of like european influence like more grandparents that moved to guatemala like years ago or whatever so i'd say for classmates it was mostly like guatemalans but they always had some connection to like Norway, Germany, Italy, like mm-hmm. every grandparent came from that, but mostly Guatemalan for my grade. But as with my younger cousins, they're all in like kindergarten to fifth grade. 
and I would say it's becoming our school in itself is a lot for like expats and it's more American. I guess the grades are bigger now, now that it's like 40 kids, but I'd say like our school has become the new like tourists in town type of school. <laughs> and you felt like you had strong peer relationships. You didn't have trouble connecting with people your age in Guatemala. Yeah, it's funny with the size. I think how I always put it is like when people are like, oh my gosh, your whole grade was 10 kids. And that was um, six girls and four boys. So it always was like insane to them. Um, but our whole high school felt like one grade because of the size. And I'd say like we mixed a lot more grade wise than I guess other schools would. And I thought that was like unique to our school being smaller. But then even when I was branching out with like outside of our school, we always just like mixed more throughout grades and like ages and everything. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like good, but it was always like coming to this school. Now it's a funny concept of like you actually I have friends that are like similar to me. And we have like similar likings and everything like that versus back home. It's like my friends are so different from one another, but it's more the size that brought us together. So so talk more about now what it's been like for you to come to Wake Forest. Like the classes have been, you know, a shock to you at all. Do you feel like you were prepared that it was a seamless transition? Um, or was it a yeah. a big change? Yeah, so I would say culture-wise and everything, it never surprised me because I had my mom and everything like that that was like I was used to in that extent. Um, and then class-wise, I think with it being a new school and everything, we never really had like psychology as an elective or like a specific history or whatever but we only had like one English class, one history class, one like everything. So coming to like being able to branch off into like different classes was interesting. Um, but feeling prepared, I felt like it was there. And then as far as people go, I think it's like frustrating that people don't have the same like sense of understanding. Um, and it's like whenever we did the top 10 list to apply to Wake Forest, I did like misconceptions about Guatemala just because I like wrote down 10 things. And that ranged from like people asking if we had electricity or people asking like if we had cars, like basic stuff like that. And I think that was frustrating to have. It just like blows people's minds as to like how different it is than like how media portrays it and everything like that. So I think that's been interesting. I think with the right people, they come to like appreciate it, but then there's some people that it's like not worth really explaining that it's different than what they think. Right. And just, I think we talked about this in class too, but you started college here and you're here at Wake Forest as a US citizen. Um, you had to do the SATs, correct? Yes. Talk to us about that. You, you know, the, the track for that, being in Guatemala, what that yeah. did for you. So since a lot of my 
classmates that we only have one other classmate that goes to school in the U.S. Um, and that's the girl with the American mom. I think it was hard to be motivated to want to study for the SAT because they either didn't have to do an entry exam or they had to study for it. The ones that stayed in Guatemala, it's a lot like the Spanish standardized test that you just learn it along the way type of thing. So being motivated to take classes and everything to study for it was hard. I remember my mom like had a PSAT sort of class that she led after school. Well, she just like sat there and monitored us as we did it on like Khan Academy and stuff like that. Your mom is busy. Oh, she she likes to be involved with random projects. Um, But I think that was like, I think with the oldest brother, he never really studied for the SAT. And then the middle brother, he went to like, it was called like Oxford School and it was like American teachers and that was in the city. And then for me, what worked was doing an online class on Saturdays and that was like over Zoom, which happened to work with the pandemic. I think that was always the plan. But as far as taking the SAT, the first time I took it, it was funny. It was me and two other kids that weren't even from my school. They were 10 hours away, but it was like the most convenient location for them. And it was funny to take it in that setting because I knew the teachers, they kind of like let us get up and like walk. And it was like a more relaxed environment. And then the last time I took it, it was just me there. So I think as far as studying, it was hard to be motivated because I'd have like the SAT coming up and no one really like aware of that and nothing to study for. And it was like hard to socially to have to like stop and study because there wasn't that same like expectation to keep up. So you talked a little bit about Wake Forest and some of the misconceptions that some people that you hung out with have about Guatemala and also about bilingualism. And we will talk more about bilingualism in the U.S. and what it, what it means to speak Spanish in the U.S. next semester. But we're curious to see what, like, what is bilingualism like in Guatemala? Is it value? Is it in yeah. institutionalized somehow? knowing English is like the most powerful tool there just as far as like so my town has all the tourists come and everything and if you have like someone on the street that knows English like they're valued just because they like can understand if someone's asking how to get somewhere or giving tours or anything like that as far as like job standpoints it's super easy to apply to like touristy type things but then we also have an insane amount of like call centers and all that I think those types of jobs really speak to like if you know English and I feel like there's not the same sort of value towards any other language like English is what people are striving to learn like there's so many English classes and all the ads are for English classes and I think there's some French, but like compared to anything else, bilingualism there means knowing English. And that's just going to kind of open the door to a lot more jobs than anywhere else. You did mention the indigenous languages as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say with that, 
there's so much stigma attached to that. Like, I think the indigenous population just isn't valued at all. The only time it really is valued is, like, all the textiles and everything like that that Guatemala is known for. It's like, oh, they're, like, selling that. But to, like, a lot of the culture, it's just like, oh, they're, like, illiterate. They, like, are poor. Like, anything like that, it's not valued in... The fact that it's like dying out, I think, comes from a lot of them move towards the city and like stop wearing their traditional clothes and everything like that, just because no one really values it to the same extent. So it sounds to me like speaking English in Guatemala kind of gave you prestige, it gave you an advantage. Do you feel like this has switched now that you're in the US, your bilingualism isn't an asset necessarily? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel like in Guatemala, it was more like kind of just expected that you like learn English if you want to travel outside the country, if you want to like go far or anything like that versus here, it's kind of like less openly asked or obvious that you're doing that just because like with a lot of my friends, they wouldn't even have to know the level of like how much Spanish I speak like I think of my roommate this year we didn't really know each other that well and she was like yeah I knew you were from Guatemala but it wasn't until like she heard me on the phone with friends from home that she was like I realized like you really speak Spanish just because I think a lot of people like can say they speak Spanish and it's like the high school level and they don't really practice it but to see someone talk Spanish outside of the classroom is like shocking versus home like back in Guatemala it was like kind of expected that you keep right so you're kind of more under the radar here people just assume yeah you're like yeah unless you say otherwise for sure yeah I think it's like easier to just not bring it up and have to explain the whole reasoning as to why I know it and everything like that right so do you remember as a child what how you felt about being bilingual or bicultural and when you became aware that you were different that you were bilingual and bicultural yeah I think um as a child it was just like my surroundings I never thought like wow it's cool that I know two languages or like anything like that like oh that's gonna help me later on like it was just kind of like this person in my life speaks English to me this person speaks Spanish and I like mix them up and everything like that but Mm -hmm. as I got older is like when you learn the value of what it means to have two Mm -hmm. and I don't I just don't like it was just kind of like the way it was. You never really thought about it too hard. I don't know. It never felt burdensome to you. It never felt annoying or like extra work or like it made you feel different in a bad way. You never felt. I feel like the setting of where I was, it just like worked because I think it was easier to have my parents be the one that speak English and then outside of the house, like classes and friends and like anyone inside the house speaks Spanish to me. But as 
since it was like my parents doing sort of the extra work it always felt natural and I don't know I feel like it could be different for somebody else Mm -hmm. just because you have the like extra work to go to classes like outside the class and everything like that but considering that the other aspect of it came like within my house it just felt normal right so how do you feel like living abroad or having grown up in Guatemala and also having this contact with the U.S. has shaped your view of the world, how perhaps your perspective is different, how you maybe see things differently from your peers? Yeah. Happening to you? For sure. I think um, what I always bring up is like how grateful I am that I grew up somewhere else just because it like really opens your lens. Like I know in the future, if I were to have kids, like, I want them to grow up close to, like, another culture, just because it, like, really makes you appreciate a lot of stuff. I think what drives me insane sort of thing, like, it happens with peers, my cousins, whatever, like, they're, it's, like, very much a bubble as far as, like, people, I'll be like, oh, I'm from Guatemala, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've gone to Mexico, and I'm like, you haven't really gone to Mexico they've gone to like a resort inside Mexico that's like very sheltered and you're gonna speak English the whole time I'm like you don't know anything about like the actual culture of it I think like vacation wise they all go to like Hawaii or like Dominican Republic but again like they're inside that bubble so I think just like the perspective wise is very different and as far as like being educated about like what other places are like like in my history class we had a unit on European history then a unit on like Guatemalan history then U.S. history like everything versus going to school in the states you just I feel like primarily just learn about the U.S. and I think that was frustrating because there's a lot of just people not knowing like basic things um And it's like annoying, but that's, it's like annoying to me. It just bugs me that people like view the world as so like, there's so many countries out there and they just primarily focus on how great it is to be from the States and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think that's frustrating, but just makes me more appreciative that I had a different time with that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your future children. Um, talk to us a little bit more about how you see bilingualism um, or your connection to Guatemala playing a role in your in your future in any way with your personal life or your professional life I think for me growing up it was always like I'm gonna grow up here and always go there is never a time where I considered going to school anywhere else besides the U.S. like the other people that go um, to Europe and stuff but I just knew like curriculum wise having my parents like I knew the U.S. was gonna open up like a bunch of doors for that so I think I appreciate having like time apart I live in a small town I think I was ready to leave um, just for a bit and I know job wise there's more opportunities in the States. So probably right after college, I'm going to stick around for a bit longer, depending on what I do. 
but as far as like settling down with a family I think I appreciate like living like submerged into another culture mm-hmm. so I think I'd definitely consider going back I think it's also depends like who I date and everything like that but I think that will definitely like my kids will learn Spanish right away and maybe throw in another language like knowing how easily I learned it when you're super young I think that's like something I definitely value because when I was younger it didn't feel like an extra chore to learn it it was just like the way it was versus I've tried to learn different languages now and it takes so much work and you never fully learn it until you're there yeah for sure so just to conclude we were wondering do you have so this podcast is pretty much oriented to parents but we always like to interview parents as well as people who grew up in this context, you know, multilingualism, bilingualism, whether it was like you, like being a simultaneous bilingual, or maybe someone who learned their language later in life, or someone who moved around a lot because of different circumstances. So what would be your advice for for parents who are trying to raise their kids bilingual, bicultural, multilingual? Did you have anything to say to them based on your experience? So yeah, I'd say for parents themselves is like really just submerge them to other cultures. Like I think we've talked about in class, like just even if you put on like a show in Spanish or whatever, if you just keep their mind open to like having other stuff outside of English and the U.S. and everything like that, that's super valuable. And I think within the U.S. it's probably easier to find all these different cultures that you can introduce them to just because there is like diversity in it and I would say for the places themselves I'm sure they're open to having like people want to learn more and everything so for parents I think just it's gonna depend on where they go to school like everything like that I think just look out for diversity and kind of give them a chance to learn a different language and understanding that when they're little it's easier to learn this but it's never too late to learn a language as far as my parents really getting to know Spanish up until they're in their 30s like it's never too late to kind of do it but it's easier once they're younger and it doesn't hurt to throw in a little bit of diversity and stuff. So would you say you enjoy moving around? Having the opportunity, maybe as a, as a kid, it wasn't always easy to have to move back to Boston for a bit or having to go over summer and maybe say no to your local friends for a month. But you still you still feel like that was worth it. It really helped you become the person you are right now. Yeah, I feel like it was a weird concept just because like there was never like I always felt like two places were home in a way, maybe not to the same extent, but like. I remember crying when I left Guatemala, but then crying when I left the U.S. Like, that's all just temporary stuff that you're going to come to appreciate later. So you might have your kid that you're going to worry about them. Like, they look so upset to be leaving, like, right now. But I think as soon as you, like, get routine back and everything like that, like, I could appreciate that Boston was, like, my summer spot so yeah it seemed more fun just because I didn't have like school and all the other things it's more social versus Guatemala was like where real life happened I think 
it was hard in that extent, but you're going to come to like just adapt and love it. And now it's weird of being like missing both just because you don't really know. Like, I don't have either of them now that I'm in North Carolina, but it's still like I appreciate having it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, because as parents, we we worry <laughs> that we're making the right decisions and everything and always hearing from from individuals like you, you know, who went through it and now they're adults, you started to figure out your life. It's good to see that, um, I, I, again, it depends on the person, right? But like in your case, you have a really positive outlook and you're looking forward to having a very interesting life based on it. You have multiple options or options or where you want to, you know, settle down and Perhaps, like you said, your biculturalism is going to open more doors professionally and personally for you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for chatting with us. Nice to get to know you. <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah, this is great. Lena, thank you so much. You are helping people out there with this because I feel like this profile is growing more and more. And it's good for people who've never been around other people like you to hear this and feel like, oh, I totally relate to Lena now or something like that. And for parents too, who might be making hard decisions right now. It's important to not be isolated. I think this podcast is trying to get at that, just kind of normalizing that this is a lifestyle. Yeah, sure. I'm glad to hear that that can somehow help. And I'm happy that that sort of thing's growing now, just because I see the value in it, even though maybe day to day, it doesn't seem that easy. Yeah, you are changing the world. (laughs) (laughs) And then, I don't know, hang in there with the frustration with your peers, with Americans. And they can be tough and make you want to, you know, scream sometimes. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you'll learn more next semester at my seminar about why a lot of people think this way you know it's just the circumstances the way they grew up and some of the myths that are out there and people who don't question them don't see it and then I think you become more aware you don't get as mad anymore you just try to go at it from a different angle <laughs> with constructive criticism just pointing out things that people might have not you know thought about before yeah I feel like <laughs> as I got older that was something I came to understand like I just didn't get why people didn't book family vacations outside of somewhere and stuff like that but then when you like look at the like textbooks as far as like what they're learning I'm like no wonder that's Mm -hmm. the focus um but I feel like that's changing now with traveling and media and everything like that so yeah exactly and like I said our kids in Lawrence's case in my case my son is becoming more and more aware of how special he is and the unique upbringing he has and just seeing other kids that have the same experience makes him feel more empowered so it's just become our like a little bubble right Lauren just the fact that our kids are growing up together too that they're bilingual that I go to daycare and I can see Lauren's daughter there and she talks to me in Spanish and everybody's like uh who are you here for you and I was like my blonde daughter that does not look like me at all or Victoria right they're always like is this your daughter and I'm like yeah, Victoria looks more like your daughter than than my daughter yeah so it's just kind of fun to have that experience so thank you thank you Lena of course and if anyone has questions or anything I can keep talking about this I'm happy to at Lena Mueller subscribe and listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
you can start your YouTube channel <laughs> all the way through. All right. Well, I will right. leave it there until the next episode, which I think will be our finale. So uh, yeah. until then, hasta luego. <laughs> Adios. ever have questions for us or questions about the podcast, go to home and our website at www.multilingualmomspodcast.com and click on the link for questions. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and stay tuned for another episode of Multilingual Moments.